And welcome back to A Pagan Heart in Maine. On today's episode, I'll be talking about a conversation with my wife a couple weeks ago and an interview with certified hypnotist Beth O'Connor. To start us off today, here's Alexian with Listen to the Wind.
A few weeks ago, my wife Oceana and I went to get new tires for the car. As we sat in the waiting room, they had a TV and a hat on some preschool children's program with some type of alien critters running around. One looked like a pet octopus, and another one looked like a dog with an elephant-type nose, and they were chasing a spaceship which just happened to be the size of a frisbee. Of course, I could have changed the channel to one of the news stations, but sometimes it's nice not to know too much of what's going on in the world. And as we watched these alien critters on TV, I said something about one of the alien pets, and my wife asked, which one, the octopus or the dog with the snorky snoot? And I said, the dog with the snorky snoot, and we continued to watch TV. My brain started to process the conversation we just had, and then handed me a note, and I smiled. It was a smile of sudden realization that I may not be the craziest one in the room for a change. And I slowly turned to my beautiful wife with that demented smile, and she got worried. You see, she knows me well enough that when I'm grinning like an idiot, that it's time to worry, 
And she said, What? And I said, Snorky Snoot? And she said, Yeah, Snorky Snoot. There used to be a cartoon called the Snorks, and they lived under the sea, and they had these snoots coming out of their heads, Snorky Snoots. It gives me a warm feeling and a sense of security knowing that the people I love are as crazy as I am. When my wife Oceana and I first met, we'd been dating about a month, and we were driving up to my family's home in central Maine. Now keep in mind we'd only known each other a month, and we drove past some chickens by the side of the road, and I said, Oh look, chickens! Buck, buck, buck! There was a brief awkward silence, and then I said, I said that out loud, didn't I? And she said, uh, yep. And I said, great, now you think I'm nuts. Here I am clucking at chickens walking on the side of the road. I mean, it's okay if you do that with cows. If you see cows in the middle of a field, it's perfectly acceptable to roll down your window and do a drive-by mooing. I carried on like that for about 15 minutes about why it's okay to make cow noises at cows, but if you do it with any other animal, it's just weird. She laughed and laughed about that. And seven months later, I asked her to marry me. Now, we talked about that day. And the funny thing was, is she told me that while I was saying, Oh, look, chickens, buck, 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 buck. She was thinking the exact same thing, only she didn't say it out loud. And that was when she said she knew she had fallen in love with me. And again, there's a warmth and security in knowing the people you love are as crazy as you are. Now, back to the snorky snoot, I was amazed. Not so much that my wife had come up with her own word to describe something and define it, but that I had understood exactly what she had meant immediately, and that perhaps the word had existed all along and just needed someone to say it out loud. It wasn't planned, it just happened. And perhaps just thinking about clucking at a group of chickens isn't enough. You've got to cluck out loud. And that wasn't planned. It just happened. And where does this come from? And I think it comes from our child nature. Each of us has an incredible gift, a spark of discovery and of creation within the child nature each of us possess. And I don't think we realize sometimes how powerful that is. We can create things. We can create words and stories. And here's the thought that really made me want to share this story today. We spend a good part of our lives looking and searching for happiness and joy. But we don't have to look. We can create happiness and joy for ourselves and each other. Just by learning to reconnect to that child nature within us. So this week, create something. Next time you drive by a cow, roll down your window and go moo. I don't know if this is just something that goes on in the backcountry here in Maine, but it's fun. It's nice to think of the two cows sitting out in the middle of the field going, what do you say? But be free. Take some paper, doodle, go buy some clay, make a little figure, or vase. Do something and let the child in you come out. Don't just look for joy and happiness. Create it.
And that was Abney Park with Thorns and Brambles. Before this interview, if you have the chance, go to my website and on the left-hand side you'll find a link called YouTube Awareness Test. It's just a small interesting video and I reference something like this video during the interview. Welcome back. I am here today at Incantations in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and I'm here with Beth O'Connor, who is a National Guild of Hypnotists certified hypnotist, an EFT practitioner, and is certified in past life regression. And welcome. Thank you so much. So, what exactly, when we're talking hypnotism, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So for, for me and my audience, Kind of give us just a background. What exactly, when you go to hypnotize somebody, or what is it all about? And I'll tell you, when I was first graduated, and I came home, and I think my daughter was about four and, four and a half years old, and she looked at me and she said, are you going to make their eyes spin? <laughs> and I instantly knew, wow, uh, you know, that what my trainers had taught me is that the first thing you have to do with your client is really 
explain and educate because the fear in the public is so great. And my daughter had picked that up from Tom and Jerry at four and a half right. and was convinced that I was going to control people and make them like zombies. Well, we and don't want to be turned into chickens. Absolutely. And, and that's a whole other thing. And, and remind me to talk about that with stage hypnosis. But hypnosis is a very natural state. We're in it all the time. When you watch a movie... And that analytical part of you, so let's say Indiana Jones is out today and you first walk in and you say Harrison Ford and isn't he great? And you're sitting down and in the movie starts and within minutes you're screaming, go Indy! And you're screaming. You've bypassed that analytical part of your mind which tells you that you're watching actors. You're into it. You're in your subconscious. They know that. And that's the reason why the first commercial costs so much when you're watching a TV show. Mm. Because it takes about 90 seconds for that subconscious to kind of shut back down. So it's just a natural state. Have you ever driven, you were saying that you, you know, I'm driving on a, and have you ever driven by an exit that you were supposed to get off at? Oh, absolutely. Focused state of attention. Didn't mean if a truck pulled in front of you that you couldn't stop the car, you weren't out of sorts but in that moment you were in a daydream or thinking of something else tell you example when you're watching a movie or reading a book and you keep looking at your watch you know it's not a very good movie because your conscious mind is speaking to you saying this is stupid i don't believe in this that kind of stuff it's not getting into the movie you know psychologists Mm -hmm. will even say this we our subconscious mind is anywhere from 75 to 95 percent of what we do your conscious mind could be as little as 5% of what you do, yet that's how we try to change ourselves. The subconscious holds your emotions, your habits, your beliefs, everything. You've been hypnotized your entire life, especially when you're a young child. Till about the age of seven, eight, your analytical mind doesn't work. Think about what we tell children. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus, uh, the Easter Easter Bunny, and and all of that, because they don't have that analytical part up yet. So now that my daughter's getting older, this past Christmas, she looked at me and said, how does he get to all these homes and then go over to, you know, Italy and all these places? And and so that part of her mind is starting to work. So that's when they start analyzing it, and it's sort of communicating. We are hypnotizing our children constantly. So basically, what a certified or hypnotist would work with is kind of those beliefs within your system which for the first seven eight years were really negative even if you had the best family in the world if I push my daughter away from the stove in that moment she doesn't have the analytical ability to say I could be burned my mother loves me it goes in I'm a bad girl period you go to school and the teacher's going to show you all the things you did wrong you see those big x's across the, the page the bully on the playground tells you you're meek not worth much. It's amazing how much I'm working with someone who's 50, 60 years old and they're still holding on to that. I have my advanced certification, which I would recommend to people if you if you work with a hypnotist, mm-hmm. to work with someone who knows about regression, regression to cause, going back to original cause. A lot of times, it's amazing, they'll hear their family just saying certain things. Clear your plate. There are people starving in the world. Those kind of things. It's mm. just um, money doesn't grow on trees. You can't do that. You know, our family has cancer. So I'm kind of being radical in my thoughts, but I really do believe these things that we are, you know, hypnotized constantly. So mm-hmm. you, so to, just to think back on what, what your family told you, what your environment told you. Successful people think very differently. Their minds think differently. So we're always in hypnosis, naturally. You would never say anything or do anything that you wouldn't normally say or do. And there are different levels of hypnosis. There's a level that's called a coma state that's kind of scary to people. I can't work with people in a coma state because they wouldn't be getting the messages. They're in such a beautiful, euphoric state that that they're kind of zoning out to me. I've had one client go to coma state. 
I wasn't well trained, it would have scared me. But I knew exactly what to say to her protective part of her mind. Because when I try to emerge or bring, bring back, one, two, three, open your eyes, and she doesn't, and I could see her smiling, I knew she was in that zone late at night. She was actually a cab driver, got up at five in the morning seeing me at seven. So basically I said, Phyllis, I understand. I know where you are. You're having a wonderful time. My hourly fee is popped her eyes open. <laughs> you will always, your protective part of your mind will always protect yourself. Always. I was going and to say, the, the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious, I guess one of the fears a lot of people have is, okay, this person's going to wave a watch in front of me, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, I'm going to be someone who I'm not. Absolutely. And that, and as you brought up, cluck like a chicken, and that is what people are so scared about. And even though I'm well-trained, about a couple of years ago at my conference, I met a famous stage hypnotist. His name's Jerry Valley. He's from Marsh, uh, Massachusetts. He's hilarious. And we were talking and making good friends. And then a day later, I'm sitting at a stage hypnotist show, and I'm getting all nervous and sitting in the audience and saying, Jerry's going to pick me. I know he's going to pick me kind of sinking in my seat and sure enough he was walking through the audience and he spotted me and he pointed at me and I sunk down and he never looked at me again I would have him fail he's and I forgot all my training in that moment he's looking for the people me 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 oh, me that, me, want, to be that want to be hypnotized that's why a stage hypnotist is kind of pulling people off the stage because maybe now they're up there and they're nervous or they're thinking I'm not really that into that so yes, but they've made an agreement. That's basically what it is when you work with a, with a hip, hypnotist, um, is you're making a contractual agreement to, to have the person help you. Mm-hmm. So you would never say anything or do anything that you wouldn't normally say or do. We just are trained to learn how to kind of get that part of your mind open by doing things like open your eyes, close your eyes. It's really focusing on attention and following my words and that kind of stuff and trusting and I'm always telling them they're in charge mm-hmm. I have a client who has their arms tightly shut when they first walked in the in the office I'm trained to wait for them to kind of open their open arms up, right. and to really open up that they trust me that they know I'm there for their best benefit so you watch their body language and see where they're at and not obnoxiously so that they fear fearful but I, I mm-hmm. know that if they have that the only thing that inhibits hypnosis is fear if you're mentally retarded if your IQ is about below 70 you're not allowed you know you're not able to follow or if you're schizophrenic or have some some you know severe mental illness that you're really not able to follow that's the only reason why you're in hypnosis all the time have you ever ever had um, a client come to you who you didn't know was schizophrenic and find out halfway through the hypnotism that all of a sudden this person is hearing different voices or something like that? No, it, it, fortunately not. But uh, I have a client form that hopefully they'll be honest and, and, and divulge that. I have worked with quite a few bipolar, um, mm-hmm. and I've been trained sort of maybe not to by some, and then some people say too. We're always getting medical referrals in that, in that instance because I like to work hand-in-hand hand with their therapists because sometimes, not always, they may be weaning off their medicine. Maybe that's, that stuff that's going on inside doesn't need to be masked as much. It's kind of coming out. So hopefully clients are being um, honest and forthright. So, so far, no. What would you do in a situation like that? I mean, obviously, obviously if, if, let's say, the client doesn't know mm-hmm. and hasn't been diagnosed, but suddenly starts exhibiting signs of um, a mental illness of mm-hmm. some sort, how, mm-hmm. do you, how do you handle a situation? Well, I would, I would probably ask them to open their eyes and, and just kind of speak to them in that instance, or I, I just would ask them to be honest. Sometimes a client comes to me, and 
thinks that they want help, but yet they're very resistant to help. We have a lot of self-sabotage and all these kind of things built in us. So, so a lot of times, you know, we're doing a lot of face-to-face -face talk before we even get into that circumstance. So hopefully I would recognize some of those those traits. I do have most of my master's in counseling and did learn so about DSM and that kind of stuff. So Before you even get to that point. I'm talking for a good half an hour, 45 minutes on the first session to really get them comfortable to understand, you know, mm -hmm. that... You know, I'm telling them a lot of these stories. I'm, I'm saying, have you ever read a great book? And you're looking at the clock and four hours went by, hypnosis. Have you ever looked in a refrigerator? I'll give you a negative example of hypnosis, of the way the mind will play a trick. Have you ever looked in a refrigerator and said, there's no ketchup, there's no ketchup, there's no ketchup, and then someone comes up behind you and can magically pull it out? Right, right. You told yourself there was no ketchup. Before you even got there. The mind will even... Or just by looking through, sometimes you don't see it at first. So you said, there's no ketchup. I can't find the ketchup. I can't find the ketchup. Your mind will actually have something disappear like that. It is that powerful. Um, there's actually a YouTube video that shows... Watch these people. What kind of... Something to the effect of what kind of dance are these people doing? Mm -hmm. And you watch them dance... And you're so concentrated on dance. They said, "Did you see the person in the gorilla suit walk through the dancing?" And it's mm -hmm. like, "I didn't see no gorilla." See? And but you're not looking for the gorilla. Mm -hmm. And then you go back and you replay it, and you're like, "Oh my God!" There, there, there's a person in a gorilla suit who just walks through the whole thing. Power of the mind. And you and you don't even see it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, happens all the time. I've learned for someone who used to lose their keys a lot, I would walk around the house saying, I can't find my keys, can't find my keys. Now I say, isn't it great? I just found my keys. They're right in front of me. They've appeared right in front of me. Boom. So really the positive self-talk, that's the first thing I help my clients with is when you look in the mirror, tell yourself all the beautiful things you think about yourself rather than all the negative things because I can get into detail, but I won't. But it's the law of count compounding. The more we're going to say something to our children, or as an adult, you hear something. You're so disorganized. You're a mess. You're the black sheep of the family. You're the weird one. This kind of thing. It gets compounded that we really start to believe it. So we're compounded our whole entire life. So what were your compounding issues? So, mm -hmm. so now I, instead of telling my children they're difficult, I say things like, isn't it wonderful disease can never grow in your body? Isn't it wonderful that you get along with everyone? That you, your, your intuition is always vivid, that you're so strong? I, I always say things, even, isn't it wonderful how wonderful you just organize your room, even if it's a mess? And they'll go and organize it. It's like you're, you're not tricking them, but you're compounding them over mm. and over of, of being something positive rather than negative. Because in my generation, we were often told what we weren't doing right. We right. were hit. Right. We were, you know, it's a very different generation where now it's use your words, you know. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really grow up. I didn't, anyway. I'm going to be 40 in June. But, <laughs> so we didn't really grow up. We just grew up with, shut your mouth and here's, you know, and I had wonderful parents, but basically that's just what well, what parents that's, did. That's what we grew it's up what we with, were told you know? to do. I mean, if we did something wrong, we got a belt. That's what we did. So. And that's why people will come into my office years later because we're holding on to that. Because the subconscious mind is so powerful. I could regress you to your birth and you'd know everything. It may take a couple of sessions to get you to that level. Probably not you cause or any of your listeners because you're open-minded to intentions and you do this kind of work. But, but average client walks through my office isn't always as aware so but I could regress you to your birth and you could describe everything that's going on mm. 
And so often when I work with clients, that's a big issue for people because you think about that. We come out of our mother's womb, you know, a warm, beautiful, nurturing place. We're hearing maybe her scream. You're hearing banging stuff. The doctor smacking light, you. Lights, whole different environment. Your cold. first, absolutely, you get hit. Mm-hmm because they have to. Maybe they're panging on your chest to get that mucus up. Mm-hmm. Today, I don't know if they did it then, give you a, a vitamin shot to, to quickly get your blood to mm-hmm. coagulate. Then you're nursed or you're given a bottle. That's your first moment of comfort you got back. So often, the mind will confuse that with comfort. So you think about it at a first birthday party. Yay! People are jumping up and down as you're eating your cake. So years later, people will hold on to these kind of things in all sort of ways. That's just one set of client I work with. A smoker has watched their, a smoker whose parents smoked or grandparents, they watched their father or mother get upset, go outside, smoke, come inside, calm. So over the time, that child is sort of hypnotized. That makes people calm. That makes people nicer. The Marlboro Man. That's a great hypnotizing um, feature. So basically, we have a protective part of our mind and our subconscious. It's going to do anything to keep you safe. But if you think of nicotine, there's nothing in it that calms a person down. Maybe I try to open my clients' minds to that, is that maybe they have been doing Buddhist monk meditation breathing for 10 years. Maybe the father who went outside who took those deep breaths kind of calmed himself down. Mm -hmm. You know, often... The smoker, it, it's just a very protective part of the mind. So we would reinform, get them sort of angry at cigarette companies for for trying to... That's why they want children so bad, because they know if they can get you when your analytical mind is a little weak, they've got you for life, most likely. And we're told it's more addictive than heroin. Even the Surgeon General said that. I've been trained by people who said he was dead wrong. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the protective part of their mind that's going to keep them safe, you think about kids in a parking lot smoking it's a unity it's a group i tried so hard to smoke cigarettes i understand why and it never agreed with my system i wanted to be in the car with my friends i wanted to be going outside with them when they were going outside after the movie hanging out it had nothing to do with the cigarette it has to do with that groupness Mm -hmm. so if we can reinform the mind that what worked then isn't really working so well for a person who's having to have medical complications the protective part of their mind will maybe protect them we get to those issues and smoking is one of the easiest things I work with if they hate it not the physical act of hating it but the hate of the control that it has over them it works so if someone calls me and says I'm stopping because my wife's nagging on me I won't work with them because that's because it won't work they have to really want it for themselves that's that's the misconception about hypnosis we do not wave a magic wand over you it is magical but it but it has nothing to do with that you change half the people have changed on their way into my office Doctors give placebo pills still. They know this stuff. Usually hypnotists years ago were doctors and trained. I've always believed that the human body can heal itself in ways that we don't even understand. Absolutely. And that's where this field is, Mm -hmm. excuse me, just coming forth in the Mayo Clinic and people are starting to really understand the power of suggestion. And that's what you'll hear over and over with hypnosis, the power of suggestion. How powerful. And the doctor is looking at you, who is an authority figure, who is trained, who are you to argue with someone who's been in school 20-something years and who's been doing this work, has those coats on, and they're telling you something in that moment. You're in that focus state. You're in hypnosis. And they tell you you have an 80% chance of dying 
what are you focusing on? The 20% of living or the 80% of dying? dying? So the power and... At my last conference, and I won't take a breath unless you stop me, Grey Wolf. No, nope, <laughs> but fine. at my last that's conference, fine. I was training next to an emergency room doctor, and I loved it because he was talking about how he can put a chest tube in without any pain. Because in that moment, he's looking at the. And I know I used to watch trauma shows, and I know when you hear chest tube, it's not good. That's not mm-hmm. something you want. So he was saying now he'd have them focus and say, "Look at me. This is not going to hurt at all." Boom. Because he's telling, they're an authority figure in that moment when you're in pain, you're in hypnosis. That's another misconception about hypnosis, that it's relaxation. We're going to tell, give you lots of wonderful feelings about relaxation. We want you to focus on that. We want you to feel wonderful. But hypnosis is not relaxation. You're equally in, hip, in a hypnotized way when you're in pain. You're in a focused state of attention on that doctor. So now they're using the power of that. A nurse will often say, this is going to hurt just a little, or this is going to pinch. I've worked with clients on that I've been in a doctor's office with them and I said don't say that when I hear the word pinch I hear the word pain (laughs) and that's subconscious pain the pain is controlled in your subconscious there are people who have had surgery spleens cut out of them with no anesthesia who have worked with hypnotists to get them to that level because they can't have anesthesia they'll die they'll die if they don't have the surgery maybe not with a spleen surgery but I've read case studies of this and so the pain is controlled there. So there are people who so you can, can get act- yourself to that level. You can actually turn off those receptors, mm-hmm. the pain receptors. I'm not trained in it, but hypnobirthing is huge right now. Uh, you know, you watch a video with a woman who's not having pain at all because she's trained to sort of, you know, or taught to bring herself to those levels of relaxation and, and has been given a lot of good suggestions. And it's something that's interesting. It's just not something that I've, I've learned yet. Now, would, um, would, uh, just like in the uh, example of childbirth, the Lamaze techniques, mm-hmm. then, is that similar to that? Would that be included? Probably because in? they're teaching the breathing and all those kind of things. But mm-hmm. also just I think you're hypnotized by walking in by hearing Lamaze works. It helps. I you know, knew a woman who, who used Lamaze and she had no zero pain. So you're already convinced. When I'm working with the first smoker in a family, I've got a job to do to convince them. They're, when they send their sister, their son, their brother, this, that. And that's what will happen with smokers. They've already convinced themselves on the way over that I'm the person who's going to help them. It's amazing how, you know, we will just, that they hold on to that belief. And it's true. But half the time from these perspectives of just being trained is sometimes you're on the way to the doctor's office and maybe you're already healed. Maybe it's not that antibiotic that they gave you. You know, and it's a totally different way of thinking and it's the future. I really believe that. So you're seeing it all the time. Hypnosis, you know, is nothing to be scared of. It's a beautiful, beautiful, it's an old profession. It goes back to Egyptians. It's very cutting edge now that you see an emergency room doctor next to a lay hypno person and their understanding, the power of their words and the power of the mind. Now, EFT, mm-hmm. you're an EFT practitioner. Yes, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it is going to sweep the world as it should. And I'm getting chills right now as I, as I say that. So that's my way of spirit telling me, absolutely. That's just confirmation for me. What it is, is it was developed by Gary Craig about 10 years ago. It's kind of a California thing. It is coming through. It's, it's a basic of tapping on certain points. It's based on the Chinese philosophy of that chi within our body. So it's kind of acupuncture without the needles. Sort of like acupressure? Absolutely. It's based on tapping on, you look like funny, you tap on certain parts of your body. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it frees. It's based on the the theory of 
all negative emotions are related to a disruption of this a blockage, in, a the, blockage. In, in the energy of a person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So a good example that I just thought of in my head is my daughter used to try to catch bumblebees. She'd run across the lawn and catch them until I ran out and screamed, don't do it. You're going to get hurt. And instantly I created a phobia within her. I know mm. from the trained mind what I created within her that now she can, you know, actually we've worked with her quite a bit that she's doing great. I'm doing a lot of tapping. Summer is back again. So I, I have to really work with this with her. But I did create that fear. I know that because she wanted to catch them. She didn't have that analytical part up to say it hurts. She was looking to catch a sweet little thing. My own fears were imprinted on her instantly. She couldn't so, tell the difference between a butterfly and a bumblebee. Absolutely. And even a butterfly might creep her out because she doesn't quite know. But she, but in that moment, I created a dis disruption in her energy system. Mm -hmm. So the other day when it was nice and sunny out and she was nervous, I, we did some of this tapping and she could run through the yard and wasn't thinking about it. I'm trying to clear that. I, that's one of my goals is to really help children because if you can clear some of this disruption of energy, and this is a brilliant system where you talk about something, you can just voice whatever's bothering you. And, you know, we say something like, even though I have this problem, and we tap on certain points, I still love and accept myself. And it sounds very Saturday night, Stuart Smalley-ish, if you remember him, mm -hmm. on that kind yeah. of, you know, positive affirmations. But what it does is, a lot of times I'm working with clients and they can't even say, I love and accept myself. So I know there's something within them that they don't love. And then we just tap on certain things, this problem, this problem, this problem. So, and so is it and something almost, will come up. So is it almost like a, uh, a physical affirmation? It is. What it is, is, you know, as we were talking a little bit before this started, was the movie The Secret is about affirmations and the law of universal energy and mm -hmm. the law of attraction. From EFT point of view is we have limiting beliefs within us. So, for example, we do a lot of abundance tapping and that kind of stuff. Uh, and abundance can be anything. It can be health. It can be anything. But sometimes we're tapping about abundance and people are thinking about all the horrible people who are wealthy. Because in movies, when you think about it, the wealthy man is always the bad guy. The bad guys, yeah. You know, so sometimes we will actually push away abundance in our life because we don't want to be like that that terrible boss that you had who was mean and horrible i don't want to be promoted to be like him. so it really is so powerful so the limiting beliefs within our body are amazing as we were talking we'll get into that later you were saying with the past lives is i think we can bring those beliefs forward um into life so a lot of healers which is kind of a broad umbrella, and some people get offended by that term. But, you know, I call people who are in this kind of field healers. We're helping heal people's souls. They're helping mm -hmm. themselves. So a lot of healers, uh, if you look back at a past life, may have been somebody who was burned at a stake. Mm. That's certainly not a reason to want to do this work and to be rewarded financially for it. Maybe a healer was a nun in another life who took a vow of poverty. So a lot of times we do carry these beliefs, I believe, forward. But more presently, you know, in a present life, we're given so many limiting beliefs. We're told so many things that um, I went to an abundance workshop and I heard my mother say, you're only a second generation American. What are you expecting? You don't own those big houses yet. That's the people who came off the Mayflower. That's a limiting belief. Was that a true, accurate statement? Probably. Did my energy system hold on to that since I was a little kid? Yeah. Um, a lot of times, say we did something not so great in this lifetime, and we feel like we have to be punished. And we don't, because we do maybe 95% subconsciously, you're going to push away that success. That's why that person gets right to their goal and they'll blow it. Mm. Because something within them has self-sabotage. You look at a procrastinator, most likely, through 
her hypnosis we could regress to cause and that would probably show that they were really criticized as a little kid maybe so why do it your mind will figure out how to avoid those tasks real quick but a procrastination if you tap through you might remember situations of um, when I was tapping on my own procrastination I kept seeing my school desk and I kept seeing my desk at home and certain things so something there was telling me you're not good enough you can't do it why bother sounds strange but but we hold those things in our energy system so through this tapping technique and if you look on YouTube you can find people doing it or Gary Craig's site which is e emo free emofree.com you will get so much free information out there you could start tapping today and it will change your life i believe in that from the core of my soul and so it and again i'm getting those chills so it's it's just an exciting exciting tool that i teach people that you can learn yourself on the internet and so i have a lot of clients who are tapping you know just and we're not talking an all day tapping we're talking 30 seconds even before i came in here you know just doing a little bit of tapping even though i have a little bit of nerves i'm still mm-hmm. going to be okay no matter what and that kind of stuff but then back to the secret the positive affirmations do work in this tapping and these people in the secret many of them are doing this they're saying you know i'm going to have the right things to say the today show is going to want to have me on you know my book is going to do wonderfully i'm going to heal so many people so it's actually a rocker rocket power boosting way to get that into your energy system because if you don't believe it you're going to think of something a memory a sensation a picture something's going to come up I was working with a client that i thought of and he came in for totally different reasons of anxiety work anxiety this that and looking on his form i said you're getting married is that some you're in your 40s first marriage is that something that's concerning to you no it's the best thing in my life and we talked about that and his conscious mind was talking to me conscious mind is usually wrong it's 5% of what we do it'll analyze everything and truthfully he really didn't have any fears he loved this woman You know, he was very excited about his wedding. Within 5 minutes of tapping, he said 50% of marriages end. She's going to steal my money. <sighs> so all those feelings that he didn't even know know that he had consciously were coming up. So we would have gone a whole different way in a hypnotic session. EFT really helped that we could work on those fears and think about all the beautiful marriages and think about all those things. So it's just a great tool to t- to tap on. It's just wonderful and the world will be tapping. There's a another website I'd love to give to people. It's called tryitoneverything.com. Mm-hmm. Try it on everything. And what it did was a young guy found EFT on online on YouTube. He started using it, changed his life, taught his family, friends, changed their lives. So he said there's nothing out on this really other than written stuff. Um and and training videos and this kind of stuff. So they had a group of 10 people go away for 4 days on a whole variety of issues with different EFT practitioners and it's a story of what happens in that journey phenomenal great movie and you can even look at the trailer online um, and, and it's try it on everything.com and it's just it'll convince you because you'll see people in there um, mercola.com i don't know if you've ever heard of dr joseph mercola who's one of the largest holistic doctors mm-hmm. in the world and what or, or believes in that and he was saying on on that trail I believe in 30 years of medicine this is one of the most powerful tools in the world because we're medicating we're numbing we're doing all these things when there's a feeling inside us we just don't like we may not know what it is EFT will help you to clear that very quickly Hyp- hypnosis will too EFT in my opinion does it a little more gently hmm. we don't have to go back and re-traumatize a person whereas right. sometimes with hypnosis we don't you know and we're not doing it they're going to do it because we don't guide our clients they're going to take us where they are 
but sometimes through a regression cause and the kids screaming at you at the playground can be very horrible thing to remember. With EFT, it, it just brings that energy right down that you can tell that story and it doesn't bother you anymore. It clears you of that energy. You know when you tell a story and you get kind of welled up in your neck? Yeah. If you see an EFT person, they'll be tapping on their collarbone. Bring it right down. Doesn't mean the story isn't still sad, but you can, you're cleared of that energy. And what right. convinced me the most was the training that I watched with Vietnam veterans who couldn't speak for 20 years about the trauma that they had seen and done. But through tapping, they were clear to know that yes, they killed people, but they had to. Hmm. Their troop was going to be killed. The village was going to be killed. Um, so it's, it's some really powerful stuff. Have you ever heard about a person who wins the lottery only to lose it? Oh, yeah. Within their or, or, energy or within system. within a year, they're, they're in a poorhouse. Within the energy system, they don't feel like a millionaire. They don't feel worthy. Or they feel guilty. Or whatever else is happening. So this is a disruption of their energy. So basically, this clears that out. So I really want to work with, with a lot of people because... There's so It can go everywhere, from medical to hospitals to schools. The world, maybe not in my lifetime, but this work will be being done in the future. I, re I really believe it. It should be, because it clears that energy. It's a beautiful tool, because a lot of times with hypnosis, you know, we'll have people like, feeling that I did the work, then they're giving me the credit, and they're dependent on me. I love to give a tool to someone so that they can be empowered walking out that door, knowing that they can tap on their head a couple of times and clear that energy right out. Wonderful. So it really is. It's, it's going to sweep the nation as it should. Now, one of the other things that you do is the past life regression. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have always been fascinated with this mm -hmm. aspect of uh, hypnotism mm -hmm. and, and such. Um, could you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. It's, it's a beautiful process. And what I think, what past life regression is so beautiful at is it shows you, when done properly, imprints or patterns in one's life that maybe they brought forward to clear out. Or as Einstein said, maybe it's all kind of happening with that kind of quantum physics kind of theory, or string mm -hmm. theory rather, that maybe everything's happening at once. At the same time. Which is so, yeah. if you're a linear person, which I am, um, it's kind of hard to get our head around. But nonetheless, whatever's happening, I know throughout my own past life regressions that they have showed me my guides, my spirits, myself, just patterns in my life that are so clearly evident after I have a regression. Um, and it empowers me beyond words, like we were talking before. I've seen myself as pagan. I've seen myself as working with crystals and all of this. Well, in the next scene, because it's in a past life regression, we will have you go through the death scene. It's a part of the process, mm -hmm. asking you to detach from it, let it go. Most of my clients will see themselves old and falling asleep. That could be the protective part of your mind doing that. Uh -huh. Perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. um, that's okay, even if it's a metaphor. But I've seen myself being strung up to a cross with a bunch of other healers, being, you know, led down to I don't know where my mind didn't do the rest. I, you know, I chose not to know that. But even as I'm talking about this, I can feel within me that I know I've done this work. I know I've been there. Mm -hmm. If you look, I've had one mole cut out on one part of my arm, and it's funny, I've had to have something else has grown on the other part. And I said to my husband, look, and he said, my God, that's where they would have pegged you to a cross. Mm -hmm. So I believe even that a body can carry forward an imprint in the energy system like, like, a like birth parks and such why does a person keep breaking their foot you know I've had I've regressed people that they say that's why I have this weird heart thing you know they were shot in the heart in a um, regression or something so I think that en however energy works with our energy system we bring it forward and so what I love about the EFT and 
and I really want to get into just doing tapping on even working with people who are holistic healers that you can release vows of poverty that it's okay to be powerful that, that it's okay that no one's gonna burn you in this lifetime that kind of stuff because a lot of times we will hold that fear forward so a past life regression is just regressing to a a part of your consciousness which is that subconscious which is that powerful library that I could regress you to your birth well if you're open to it we can go even way before that way time, farther back. way farther, and and these issues that we bring with us from previous lives that are affecting us today mm-hmm. can, I, I guess, the reason you would want to do that is because mm-hmm. you can address them now. Absolutely, today. Absolutely, and it's interesting because I was baptized Christian, and I believe in Christ, and I believe in Buddha, I believe in paganism, I believe in all of it. Yet I happen to come from a family that is very strict Christians, who think I have a ticket to hell. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that I'm still fighting the church without the church really fighting me. It's just the church within my own family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting of the pattern of what I needed to kind of clear is. We'll see at the end of it, but I don't have to convince them anymore. I've kind of cleared that out and empowered myself that I know who I am and I know what I believe and it's not necessarily what you've taught me. Because if you look back in history, Christ supposedly talked about past lives. It's the church who took it out because they didn't want you to think you had a second chance. But the imprint of that and kind of fighting that issue or, you know, we, we... we're in kind of a Catholic nation here where I have people very scared and say, is the Catholic Church really approved? Well, the Catholic Church does approve of hypnotism. And that opens their whole face up because they're so scared that they're going to do something wrong. But the Catholic Church approves of it. So so they're open to that, more open than people think. Hmm. So the patterns of life that you bring forward, I've also seen myself as a healer serving all the men at the table. And I was kind of going through this at a conference where I was sort of feeling meek and small around some of my teachers. And I was wondering why I felt so bad and why it hurt me so much. And my business partner said, why do you care? Why is this bothering you so much? So um, I had a regression and I was serving everyone the food. So my pat- my past life pattern that my, my guide or my soul, whoever told me, said, you're not serving in this lifetime, pull up your chair. Very powerful for me, really helped me to understand that that's why I was experiencing that. It doesn't matter in this lifetime. It's okay for me to pull up my chair and to sit at their table, even if they don't make me feel that way always. I have karma with these people. I know that. With Gene at Incantations, I have karma with him. It's not by chance that I'm here. So I believe that there's a lot of things that are kind of pre-planned, and this is my own thought, and we have a lot of free will. I believe that as well. One of the things I, I tell people is that there's no such thing as coincidences. Mm-hmm. There's always a reason, and especially when meeting others and meeting people and being in places, mm-hmm. there's a reason for it. I you agree. Know, whether that's uh, a smile at the checkout person in the grocery mm-hmm. store, mm-hmm. that smile may affect that person in different ways that absolutely. you have absolutely no way of knowing. And I believe in that so much. I used to get so hurt by people who came up and were not so kind through this work I know it had nothing to do with me it's a feeling inside them that they just don't like or I resonated with them on certain you know but I could have 20 people be kind but I'll remember the one who's not so I needed to sort of clear that out and I'm sure that's past life you know this life all this but it is you know that karma that energy why you're you walk in my house and it's all Chinese my children love Chinese stuff they want to take karate 
maybe I've given them this in this lifetime, but I know other kids who want to go to Disney World before they want to go to China. My children really want to go to that part of the world. Their soul remembers. I can sit at dinner. I did this with my eight-year-old, and I just said, close your eyes, because we were waiting for our food. And, and I had her do a regression, and she's like, I'm an old man, and my hands are white. And, you know, she was just going through all the stuff because she's not overanalyzing it. And the detail was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Could I have done that with an adult? Probably not. I'd have to sit and convince them. Because they have blocks already set up in place. So children remember these things a lot easier. They're a lot open. And then we're told, you know, that you can't do it, so that veil kind of shuts. That's why a woman can lift a car off a baby, because she's not thinking about it in that moment. That power of that mind, and I think we do bring forward. I find it's interesting, especially working with older souls. And if you have the opportunity to watch children, once in a while you'll see a change come over a child. And it's like that person will appear. They're, you know, you, you, they're, they're still a little kid. Absolutely. But you'll suddenly see they'll have this wisdom behind their eyes. I agree. Or they may do something that is totally unexpected of, say, a five or six or seven-year-old child. You know, they, they might be writing or suddenly they'll be holding the pen in a certain way mm-hmm. that is, you know, not the way a kid holds a pen. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's why my daughters loved, like, olives. They wanted some strange foods, you know. They just loved, they didn't want the baby foods until they were trained sort of in life that they shouldn't be asking for these kind of different things that their soul was telling them that they liked. Um, you know, I just remember my children really liked like different kind of foods. So I, for me, my intuitiveness was, wow, that's an old soul there who remembers that she loved those black olives or something. And that's a little strange thinking, but I just, just something I know, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely children remember these things and, and there should be more work done with them to, to show this. One of the reasons why I became so impressed by past life regression was I wish I knew what show it was on. I was on a Dateline or a Primetime. It was a major network. And they showed a little boy who was having horrible dreams. And he kept, like, at the end of his bed, kicking the wall and screaming every night. And his parents didn't know what was going on. And so they brought him to counselors and psychologists and all these kind of people. And someone open-minded in the family or one of the counselors, I don't know, said, would you ever consider a past life regression? This little boy was obsessed with World War II planes. And I may not be getting every detail of this story right, but he was obsessed. I mean, his whole room was about everything. And one day when he was talking to his mother, she said, oh, look at this, pointed out a little piece. And he said, no, it's a blah, 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 blah. And he just knew so much detail about this plane that she did kind of get the wheels running in her head and say there's something different because he couldn't possibly know that in his lifetime at this small age he was five four little and he'd always draw the same picture a plane with a charlie three on the side charlie three or c3 and you can find this i even one of my first trained trainers um showed us a, a copy of this it was beautiful so they did a regression with him he was. He was a war hero. His best friends were Charlie. There was three Charlies. He was the middle wing man. As they were flying, he was hit. His chute would not open or his drop, whatever. He was hitting the floor trying to open that up. Um, couldn't get out. He did die. So through the progress of the show, they show him at the end sitting on his sister's lap, who's now 90-something from England. I'm pretty sure they were British. She was a British soldier. And he's a little boy, and she's giving him his medals. And she said after speaking to him, there was no possible way this little boy could have known the information that he knew through this progress. After he regressed, he didn't care about the planes anymore. He didn't have the dreams anymore. He didn't have that obsession anymore. That block was gone. That block was gone. And the woman said, I would have thought you were all nuts. 
but she believed because she saw it. She said, this is my brother who came back as a little boy. I have a husband who's obsessed with World War II. I wish he'd let me regress him. And now he's open-minded to say, I know I was Russian, and I know I was in a tank. Mm. So you look, and I worked a book fair for, for my little girls, and I saw that um, this little boy was coming up with just a stack of World War II books. And I said, oh, how cute, a World War II veteran. Now, if I said that to the women next to me, they'd think I was nuts. Mm. But in my heart and soul, I just looked at him and said, you know, isn't that wonderful? You know, kids will remember that stuff. It's not, it's not by chance that you are obsessed with Egypt or China or, you know, Africa. I know I've been African, too. You know, mm-hmm. you just know what you love. You know what you hate, too. Right. What, what, it really doesn't jive with you well of a movie or a period or a time. So, so your soul is talking to you. And if you regress, you, you might be surprised to learn the lesson, the patterns, and the nice thing is once you experience the death scene, you know, that's a great time. It's called Bardo. It's based on Michael Newton work, which I'm not trained in, but that's a whole other field of life between lives. And they yeah. find out a lot of information of guides meeting you and, and telling you things and that kind of stuff. And there's really wonderful information found. And, and again, your website is? My website is newenglandsuccesscoaching.com. And an easy, because it's a long kind of name, is you can look at it, bethoconnor.com and it comes right to it. And and we'll give you other links to get to, but there's so much information out there. I just just say be open to it. It's amazing. People are so frustrated why they can't help and heal their hearts, and they're trying to do it in the conscious part of the mind, and you really need to access that subconscious mind, and don't be fearful or scared because there's nothing you would say or do that you wouldn't normally do, but it can really change your life enormously, as it should. Because you deserve that. Everybody deserves. And even just to remember what I do with my clients is just remember back to that sweet little kid they were. Because I do a lot of inner child work. And we forget how precious and good and special we were before we had all those labels. And some people may be two weeks old. Some people are five years old. But to, to have a person remember how beautiful they are as a person and to heal that part of you. And it, you won't treat yourself as badly when you look in the mirror. You won't do those kind of things to yourself for self-sabotage because you remember that little one. Because that's really who you are, that pure soul. Not the person that we've been hypnotized or told by society that we are. And I want to thank you for coming thank in today. Thank you so much. It's been an honor.
And that was Weird Girl with Medusa. I've added a few more podcasts to my listen lineup I'd like to share. The Storm Phoenix Perspective, Pagan Spirituality Today, and Pagan Chaos Magic, and Welcome. And I'd like to take a few minutes to play a few promos from some of my fellow podkin, and I'll be back in a few. Hi, I'm J.O. Scully, host of Witchery of One, a podcast that focuses on the experiences, practices, and opinions of one witch, me. Shows for download can be found on my blog page, which is witcheryofone.lipson.com, or do a search on iTunes. All blessings be. Hi, this is Hyperion of The Unnamed Path, a podcast on an emerging spiritual path for men who love men. You can listen to my podcast by visiting my website at unnamedpath.com or by searching for The Unnamed Path on iTunes. Blessed be. This is Mojo. And this is Sparrow. From, from The, the Wiggly and Way. The Wiggly and Way is a pagan podcast that explores the many facets of living a magical lifestyle. We are two Wiccans practicing witchcraft in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Join with us and explore your path on the Wigglyan Way. You can download us at thewigglyanway.libsyn.com. You can also find us using iTunes, we're at Podcast Pickle, and on Podcast Alley. Thanks, Thanks for, for walking the Wigglyan Way. to politics, and just things that made me say, hmm. Join me as I take my walk and peek behind a curtain or two on my journey. You can find me at stormphoenixperspective.podbean.com and of course at podcastalley.com. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Let's mix something up. See you soon. Are you looking for something more out of your gods? Are you looking for how to make the Norse gods a part of your life? Then join us at Ravencast. Check out ravencast.podbean.com. We have interviews, Ostrew 101 casts, holiday specials, and much, much more. Check out ravencast.podbean.com. It's more hammer than you can handle. And we're Pagan Parents on the Edge. Has your life been a little crazy lately? Are you standing in line at the bank or the grocery store or DMV? Is your life really hectic lately? Are the kids too loud? TV too loud? The world getting too loud? Plug in your earbuds. And make yourself your favorite beverage. 
Join us for conversations about life as seen from the experiences of two pagan parents. You can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us at Podbean. You can catch us at Podcast Pickle. And you can catch us on MySpace where we have a player that you can get the Pagan Parents on the Edge episodes. We'd love to have you as a listener. And now, back to your regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Got pagan issues? Got pagan concerns? Come and join our panel, a group of pagans walking different paths, having conversation and fellowship. Talking about everything pagan with a little flair and a lot of fun, but always from our heart. Just real people sharing our views with other modern day pagans. So come join us at Mid Michigan Pagan Podcast. You can find us on Pagan Radio Network. To find our show times, please go to www.paganradio.net. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for MidMichigan Pagan Podcast. Or you can go to www.midmichiganpaganpodcast.podcastpeople.com. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. The spell is set, these words abide. It is time to get witchified. Getwitchified.com, another podcast for witches. Hi, this is Tommy Elf, host of From the Edge of the Circle. From the Edge of the Circle is a pagan podcast out of the Dallas-Fort Worth metro mess in Texas. Each show, I try my best to tackle subjects on paganism from my own personal perspective. I also highly encourage audience participation through emails, voicemails. Hell, I'll even take carrier pigeon if you can train it to locate me. The podcast is located via iTunes or by going directly to the RSS feed at edgeofcircle.libsyn.com slash RSS. Come on over, have a seat at the Edge of the Circle, and let us all know your perspective too. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and thanks for downloading the show. Greetings. My name is Foxtail. If you follow me back to the den of my podcast, we'll see what's on the bookshelf, experience a little serendipity, and exchange stories of catching the charming moments of a life equipped with a broom closet. Look for me at littledarkfoxhole.blogspot.com and you'll discover a new episode of Foxtail's proud pagan podcast on the dark moon of every month. Until then, this is Foxtail, wishing you to stay warm, stay loved, stay you. The remains of the wild boar are going cold on the table, and the clan are resting around the fire. The ale is flowing freely, but then Uncle Ned calls for a tale. But where's the bard? Drunk and unconscious under the table. <laughs> That's when you need the Celtic Myth Pod Show. 
bringing tales and stories of the ancient Celts to your fireside. A fresh tale from the best loved legends twice a month and available from CelticMythPodShow.com And the Bard can hear it later. Hi, this is Ariel. This podcast is based on the teachings of the Druidic Craft of the Wise. If you'd like to find out more about the DCW, visit our website at www.thedcw.org. That's T-H-E-D-C-W dot O-R-G. I sure hope that you check back often. Feel free to email us, and I hope you enjoy the recording. Blessed be. Hello, my name is Scarlett, hostess of the podcast Lakefront Pagan Voice. Come for a walk with me along the shores of Lake Michigan. We can talk about spirituality, about paganism, witchcraft, and shamanism. We can talk about what's going on at the local farmer's market and share our favorite recipes. And we can get some fresh air and exercise while we're at it. So join me in iTunes or at Podbean for a stroll. Hi, this is Cliff. Susan. Alex. And Jacinth. And we are the Magical Earth Quadcast. And in case anyone should ask, you are listening to A Pagan Heart in Maine. And a hearty shout-out to Darkly Fay over at the Dark Side of Fay, Brooke the iPod Witch, Dee and Heather over at Pagan FM, and congratulations on your earlier time slot on Terrestrial Radio. If you're in the New Hampshire Seacoast region, Pagan FM is on at 10 p.m. to midnight now on WSCA LP 1061 FM, Portsmouth Community Radio. Dee and Heather have been really cranking out some great shows and great interviews. And then there's Chris over at the Infinite and Beyond, The Secrets in Plain Sight, all the crew at PCP Pagan Centered Podcast, The Great Oak Podcast, Crooked Path, uh, Talia over at Geekwitch, Druidcast, Catnip Brew with Fortuna and Fluffy. And we miss you guys and hope everything's going okay in your neck of the woods. Uh, Spiral Dance with Hawthorne and the Godbox Cafe. These are the best pagan podcasts the web has to offer. Each of us has a different show, a different way of seeing things, different formats, and there's something out there in the podioverse for everyone, and that's great. If I forgot anyone, please let me know. And you can find links to these sites at www.paganheartinmain.com at the podcast for the Pagan Heart link at the top of the page. You'll also find links to vote for these shows at Podcast Alley, which helps others find these shows as well.
that says no, I will not remain asleep. I have seen it with my eyes. Seen that all religion lives by a steady trade in lies. They try to hold us back with rains of holy smoke. But I am here to save thee, will not bear the yoke. Once a fact is clearly seen, there is no turning back to fairy tales or bloody dreams. If we dare not speak our minds, the Inquisition has a test for each of us in time. And do you trust a creed that claims to set you free by spending half a lifetime begging on your knees? Cry And that was Gaia Consort with Cry Freedom. And I'm going to call this episode 24. And as always, all music used on A Pagan Heart is used with permission from the artists. And the background music today is from Deep Sky Divers. If you like what you hear, write to them, let them know. And you can find links to all of them at paganheartandmain.com. 
and I want to thank Gene at Incantations in North Plymouth, Massachusetts, for letting me use his place for today's interview. And if you're in the Plymouth, Massachusetts area, make sure to check out Incantations. He has a wonderful store there, and you can also find him on the web at www.incantationsotw.com. And a thank you to Beth O'Connor for being on my show today. I've also been adding links to my website you might like. I've added a section for some wonderful blog sites and a section for artists and photographers I like on the net. I did want to mention that none of the links you see on my page are paid advertisers. I do this all for free, and this is my way of sharing and giving something back to the community. They're on my website because I like them, and I think you may like them too. So to close out today's show, this is S.J. Tucker with April Fool's Day. Until next time, welcome spring, blessed Ostara, and bright blessings. Myself in the driver's seat We went riding all day Sunday Home for our loved ones all to see Unplugged the bed, stretch and yawn Felt like ash in the crack of doom Leaving at the crack of doom is now Musicians don't get up at night From a cozy North Carolina room All on an April Fool's Day Sunday Riding, riding, we shall be through the waking spring clear across Tennessee Left behind the northern snow Fields of white on the day before we get some here. Off through the frisky mountain rain Winter storms will chase no more Tunnels, trees, and mountain fold Highway miles in a cloudy day Laughing streams Splashing all the way All on an April Fool's Day Sunday Riding, riding, we shall be Onward through the waking spring Clear across Tennessee New leaves rising on the vine Flowers simply everywhere Never doubt the day was fine We rode as quickly as we dared Flowers bold, March is leaving like a lamb. Knoxville, Nashville, westward home. Round the church folk, traffic jams. All on an April Fool's Day Sunday, riding, riding, we shall be. Homeward through the waking spring, across Tennessee. All on an April Fool's Day Sunday, riding, riding, we shall be. Homeward through the waking spring, across Tennessee. Our priestess at the gate Merrily we greeted her Circle round for what's in store A pie in the face from a minister All on April Fool's Day Sunday Riding, riding, we shall be Homeward through the waking 